Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, The Peanut Project. I'm Tatum Rowe. I'm a teacher here at Carver for Early Childhood Special Education. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about conscious discipline. I hit on it just a little bit last week um, when we were talking about behavior, but this week is a little different. I have a specialist with us who's an expert in conscious discipline. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, Ro. I'm Leti Valero. I'm an instructor with Conscious Discipline, and I've been in Conscious Discipline for almost 20 years as an educator and as a parent as well. Wonderful to have you here, Letty. Okay, so I have a few questions for us because not everybody knows about Conscious Discipline. I've been using Conscious Discipline since I was here at Carver since about 2016. So I still have a lot to learn too, though. I haven't had 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the first one is how can parents use Conscious Discipline at home? I know how we use it here at school. Well, the way to use it at home is just uh, being conscious of uh, our thoughts as parents of our thoughts, of our feelings, of our actions, how we respond to our children, and making sure that when we find a conflict in front of us, and certainly as parents, we find conflict in front of us all the time. When we find that conflict in front of us, when we see behaviors that are not the ones that uh, that we expect, respond by giving children the skills, not by stopping the behavior, not by Uh, inserting some fear so that children will stop the behavior. It's not about them stopping because they're afraid. It is about uh, them learning new skills. If they're having certain behaviors, it is because they don't know how to do it differently. And the best way for them to learn it is one, that we teach them. And two, the most important one is how what we model. What we model, because many times what we end up modeling is the exact behavior we're trying to eliminate. So while the children are fighting and yelling to one another, we yell at them, wanting them to stop the yelling while I'm modeling that behavior. So being conscious of those moments, giving them the skills and being being the person we want our children to be. That's what it's all about. Okay. That helps me with the next question. So how can we, sometimes it's really hard to be calm when, when you know, your children are doing something. So how can we help download calm to ourselves to help that download into our children? Right. And I'm, I'm so glad you asked that because that's, that's where it all starts. By uh, achieving our calm, by being calm ourselves, when something happens in front of us, we are going to get triggered. And that's normal. Uh, We're human. We are going to get triggered. But when that happens, that's a signal that we have got to calm ourselves. No child is ever going to calm down because we tell the child to calm down, calm down, calm down, calm everybody. Right. No one's going to calm because (laughs) of that. They're going to calm if we are calm. So we've got to have, and just like if we're going to have success, we've got to have a plan. What is it going to look like next time I'm triggered? What is what am I going to do next time there's conflict in front of me and I want to yell and I'm irritated and I want to put some fear in there by telling them that we will not go to the party. We will not go to McDonald's. We're not going to do this. What is it that I am going to do? And so I I would even encourage uh, every parent listening to this. Write a plan. What is it going to look like? So, it, it, and if the plan is, for instance, I'm going to take three deep breaths to uh, upload my calm, and then I'm going to, for instance, choose my thoughts. And why do I say that? Because our thoughts determine our actions. If my thoughts are, 
I've had it with this too. I'm not going to put up with this. Then we're going to approach children wanting to stop the behavior, being irritated and modeling the behavior we're trying to eliminate. So uh, got to choose your thoughts. If my thoughts are, they don't know how to do it differently. I'm their model. I don't calm myself, breathe three times. And in that breathing three times, calming myself, uh, I'm going to respond differently. So write out, write your plan. What is it going to look like? Put it in the refrigerator for a reminder. Uh, we, this doesn't come out naturally. So help yourself be successful having a plan. And, and certainly breathing has got to be a part of, of that plan. So does the breathing really make that big of a difference? It makes such a huge difference because breathing uh, actually puts a pause between whatever happened and our response. And so what happens when we take a deep breath in uh, and then we've got to do it in a way that really helps us relax. So you take a deep breath in and as you take a deep breath in through your nose, your belly goes out, you're moving your belly, and then long exhale through your mouth. What you're doing is, what you're telling your brain is, all is well. See, mm-hmm. the brain, when the brain sees danger, when the brain sees threat, and you know, uh, danger, threat can be our children fighting, our children uh, not doing what we ask them to do. Um, it throws us to the lower centers of our brain and when we take three deep breaths, the lower centers of our brain is where uh, the survival state of the brain gets activated and it prepares us to fight, flight, surrender. And uh, But when we breathe, we're shifting the energy from the lower centers of the brain to the higher centers of the brain where problem resolution happens, where we access our thinking brain and we're able to bring the best of ourselves that's exactly what breathing does. Shifts the energy uh, to the higher centers of our brain, to our thinking brain. Okay. So can you give a, you're talking about this, the states of the brain. Of course, I've learned about this through conscious discipline. Can you give us a quick lesson on the states of the brain and how a child might act in each state? Mm-hmm. So there are three brain uh, states. That's the way we uh, we studied in conscious discipline based on the research of many, many, uh, many, many neuroscientists. Uh, so we're going to see it like this. There are three brain states, survival state, emotional state and executive state and survival state is down there uh, on my brain stem and it gets activated when fear is perceived Uh, then we have in the middle of the brain let's say in the middle of the brain we have the emotional state which gets activated when life doesn't go our way and then the higher centers of our brain which is in our prefrontal lobes that's my executive state which gets activated when we're ready to problem solve So, and just to give you a quick example of that, if you were walking in the forest and you you found in front of you a wolf, what would happen? If you saw a wolf, you would either fight the wolf, Mm -hmm. you would run away from the wolf or hide from the wolf. Uh, There, I mean, there are very limited things that you would do, right? Fight, flight, surrender. That's all you could do. Our brain is always keeping us safe. That's its goal to keep us safe. When our brain perceives threat, it throws us to survival state um, to help us survive. And And so we see the behaviors that I just said. Well, it happens like that with children. When they perceive threat, and it doesn't have to, and I said perceived, it doesn't have to be the wolf, but if they see 
uh, something that reminds them of a wall that looks like threat, which can be just turn off the TV, go into the, go get it, go take a bath. Well, if the survival state gets right. activated, <laughs> threatens something that they didn't want to do. Right. Okay. So maybe it just, it, it's just, I get irritated because it didn't go my way. Emotional t- state would be activated. But if it's like beyond, they perceive it as a threat, we're going to see survival state activated. And the behaviors we will see, just as if the child had seen the wolf run away, hide, fight, throw themselves on the floor, yell, scream, throw a huge tantrum. And we're like, oh, but but I just said turn off the TV. But that's the way the child perceived what was happening in front of the child. So when a child is yelling, screaming, running away, hitting, it's as if the child had seen the wolf. And maybe it's just that the sibling uh, grabbed the toy from them. But that's the way the, the, the brain perceived it. So that's why we see those behaviors. Okay. Now, if life doesn't go my way and, you know, we don't get to go to uh, we don't get to go to the restaurant you wanted to. We don't. We we have to leave the park. It just doesn't go my way. Emotional state gets activated, and we're gonna see responses such as "I don't want to do this. Why do we do this? This is so dumb." At which is different than in survival state. In survival state, they would not be. Uh, they would not be verbalizing. They'd just be hitting, pushing, okay. grabbing, yelling. Uh, but that's a sign that the child is in emotional state. It didn't because they're viral. talking. They're talking. Okay. And then finally, in executive state, it's you know when they're in their thinking brain, ready to problem solve and ready to learn. And the reason it's important to know this is sometimes we want to teach a lesson when the child is hitting, yelling, or screaming. We want to teach a lesson when the child is saying, "I don't want to eat this. This is I don't hate this. Whatever." And and that's not when we teach a lesson. We teach a lesson when a child is in a relaxed, alert state, which is when the child is in executive state. And so how do we take a child to executive state? So again, we don't take a child to executive state by um, by giving moral lectures, by teaching a lesson there. The way we help a child get there is by being a mirror to them, building a mirror to their emotions, uh, being able to validate their experience. They're going, whether they're in survival state or emotional state, there's a lot going on inside them. We can't stop that, but we can help them manage that. There's nothing more scary than having a huge emotion because it's there, but being alone in that emotion. So our job as parents is accompanying children in that emotion, just validating that you were hoping to go to the park, you were hoping to stay longer, and it didn't go the way you wanted. No wonder you're feeling that way. Makes sense. And then when the child is, when we validated that, the child is going to relax. And now I can teach a lesson. And now I can reason with the child. In order to get to reasoning, we've got to, we've got to regulate ourselves. So it's three R's. Regulate ourselves. Then relationship, uh, which is that emotional connection, so that we can get to reasoning, to teaching a lesson. That sounds good. I could listen to you forever, Letty, on this because it's just, it's great. (laughs) I've used conscious discipline for a lot and I really, really hope our parents use it too. Um, This is just a a quick little um, podcast about it, but we do offer, we will have conscious discipline trainings here at Carver. I know those are coming up soon. 
uh, Wish You Well is coming up in February. Please don't miss that. Your child, so that's part of our consciousness when we do it every day. And Wish You Well is so important. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Letty, for joining us. Thank you. So glad to have been here. All right. And I'll see y'all next time.